Yo, what is going on, Cover 7 family? Welcome back to another episode here on the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. And guys, in today's episode, I'm super excited to announce because personally, I love this player to death. Today, I'm joined by a TCU safety, Davion Crawford. Davion, thank you for coming on, my guy. Seriously, it means a lot you came on and, you know, I'm excited a little, I'm excited to learn a little bit more about you. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Hey, absolutely. You know, now, David, before we do start talking a little bit about, you know, your journey to TCU, you know, some of the adversity that you did face and everything like that, you know, why don't you talk to us a little bit about, you know, where you're from, how you got into football, you know, some of the little details that we may not know about you. Okay, so I'm from, I'm from LaPorte, Texas, like a, not too small of a city, but not too big as well. It's like just outside of the city of Houston. So like, you know, kind of on the outskirts. Um, I started playing football. Well, my first sport was baseball, but I started playing football after that. Um, football just like gained my heart, and uh, I had some some friends in my neighborhood. And uh, one day they were like, "Man, you super fast. You just come to football practice with us." And I was like, "Well, you know, my mom she can't really afford it. We barely making ends meet." And they were like, "If you go out there and ball, the coaches they they'll pay it for you if you're a great player." So I went to one of their practices and I was just throwing the ball around and they just, I just caught the coach's eye and they made me race. Um, I was like, what, like seven at the time. I raced the kids that were my age. Then I raced like the, like the juniors. Then I raced the seniors and I'd be like all of them. And after that, like the coaches, they paid for me to play football. And ever since then, I've been playing football since I was like seven. Hey, I got you. I got you. So you've been a little speechster ever since you were young. Yes, sir. Hey, so I got to ask you, though, too, about baseball. So you said your first sport was baseball, right? Yes, sir. So what was the, what was the position that you played in baseball when you were younger? I played uh, outfielder and I played shortstop. Okay, I got you. I got you. So definitely you used your speed a lot, you know, in baseball, too, as well. Yes, sir. I got you. So, um, so you know, Damien, when you did first start playing football, you know, what was the first position that you actually played? Because, you know, I've talked to a lot of O-line guys and everything like that, and they've always told me, like, quarterback and all these different answers. So, for <laughs> you personally, you know, what was the first position that you played? Uh, the first position that I played was running back in Little League. I played running back, quarterback, and I played safety. So, like, in our Little League team, like, you either play multiple positions if you're, like, fast. So, like, we ran a basic offense, so, like, I played my, – my primary first position was running back, but, like, that. I got you, I got you, I got you. So, so, um, so you know, you said you're pretty much from the Houston area, right? I know you said LaPorte, but you're pretty much from the Houston area, right? Yes, sir. So, I got to ask you, were there any, like, any type of kids that really stood out to you when, you, like, that you played against whenever you were growing up? Because, you know, Houston, they produce – a stupid load amount of football talent. So, for you personally, you know, growing up, were there any kids that kind of stood out to you? Jalen Hurts. I played him uh, first round of playoffs my junior year at LaPorte. Oh, shoot. Now, now I got to ask you. Now I got to ask you. Now, <laughs> I was about to say, I got to ask you, though. So, you were playing safety in high school, right? Or were you? I, I was a little scrawny kid before I put on weight and, like, got muscular. So, I played corner. Like, oh, they had you corner. To, okay. I got so, you. Like, so, when I went to high school, like, my freshman year, I went to this high school called Sam Rayburn. And my mom lived in Pasadena. It's kind of a little bit of my story, but, like, I ain't going to tell it all until we get to that part. But, like, I played – uh, this school called Sam Raven High School, and I played like slot receiver. And then after that, um, I moved to Laporte High School due to some family issues. And uh, as I moved there, they moved me to a corner. And I was like real skinny, I was like 155. And then I got like my first game, like my first practice, and then my first game, because I came in the season like late, 
they had me like on JVB team and like I caught like four picks and then like the corners coach was like, yeah, we put him on varsity. And then like <laughs> after that, I was on varsity and uh you know, I had some seniors mad because I was like out playing them. And then uh first game in the playoffs, we played Jalen Hurts and they threw me in there. And yeah. it was crazy because it was like a shootout. Like that dude was huge. Like he was you can tell he was league ready already. Like he was something special to play against. Hey, absolutely. And obviously, like you said, you know, you were still kind of scrawny at this time and everything. So I want to ask you personally, going up against a future starting NFL quarterback, obviously he started at Bama and Oklahoma. But, you know, during this time, what were you thinking, though, like going up against a quarterback that was, I think, was he a four-star or five-star coming out of high school? Uh, he might have been a four. It was four or five, one of those. But I know he was highly recruited. And uh, just going up against him, I ain't going to lie, like my first varsity game, I was nervous. Like, it was like I had jitterbug, like. So nervous, but like after that first drive, like I kind of got the like hang of it, like and it was just smooth sailing from there. But just going against Jalen Hurts, like it was just unreal because like that's all you heard, like all week we plan to get Jalen, we plan to get Jalen, like you really liked it. I mean, obviously it's kind of shown because you know this year with the Eagles, he's kind of balling out a little bit, and but um you know this is about you. So Damien, so throughout your whole high school career, football wise, academically, you know. How would you kind of look back at it now, and what are some of the takeaways that you have from your high school high school years? For my my takeaway from the high school years was I didn't really take academic serious until like my end of junior year and going into senior year. And like I was just trying to catch up late because I was just so focused on football, like getting offers, so kind of like put academics on a back burner. So like if I could go back and change it, I know you can't really go back and change anything because. Made it made me like put me through a position that I am today for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't be here without, be here without guys. So like, for like people that's listening, like I just tell them like, just make sure you keep your academics first because you don't have the grades, you will end up having to go JUCO. And I had to go JUCO, which wasn't a bad thing. But you when you go JUCO, like you got to be mentally strong. Or like, because JUCO is not for the weak. Like when they say only the strong survive, like literally, like only the strong survive. Hey, I'm, gl I'm glad you started kind of talking about that a little bit, too, because, you know, you went to and I mean, you played in one of the toughest areas for Juco football, too, because you played in the, it's, it's it's still the Jayhawk conference, right? For Juco. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not going to lie to you. The main reason I know that is obviously obviously because last chance you I'd be lying if I told you I didn't know. that. But, <laughs> but, um, but, you know, so so when you were coming out of high school, uh, David, did you have any type of interest or offers? I know you said academically you kind of put that to the side. But for you, were there any type of interest from any, you know, D3, D2, D1 schools? Actually, I was getting recruited by TCU. Like TCU was my dream school. Oh, and, like sorry. I had. I had met Coach G back in high school at a football camp, and I was balling there. And then um, first thing they asked me was about academics. And I ain't take my uh, – he asked me about uh, – was it the SAT and ACT? Yeah, SAT, yeah. So I, I haven't took – I didn't take it yet. And then he was like, let me know when you take it, because after you take it, we're going to suit you an offer. But I, I ended up taking it late, and I didn't do too good on it. So after I took it late, I didn't do too good on it. My auntie was telling me, you need to take it. You need to take it so you can have time to retake it. And I just wasn't trying to take care of advice because at LaPorte, they pay for you to take it. Like, I think they pay for it, like, twice. Not that that, you got to pay for it on your own. But, like, I wasn't trying to take care of advice. I wasn't listening. I was just too focused on football and going to these camps and getting offers. And I would be just kind of put my academics on the back burner. But I was getting recruited by TCU, UNT, and some uh some D two schools, but so, so you did have a couple schools that were coming after. Yeah. 
Okay, I got hey, you know, and, and you know, there's nothing wrong because I think there's kind of been a whole stereotype about if you don't go D1, Power Five, you know, it's not worth playing college football or you know, you don't have yeah. a future or anything like that. But, but you know, obviously, like you talked about a little bit too, David, you know, grades obviously, unfortunately, at that time were not your strong suit. So ultimately, you did have to take the JUCO route. So, what kind of ultimately made you want to go up to Ellsworth, you know, and go play football up there for JUCO? Um, like. I kind of wanted to get away from everything because I was so dependent on my mom. Cause like she raised like four of us, including me, it was four. And she was a single parent. But like it was just so much going on. And like I was too much dependent on her. And I didn't really know how to be a man. And my uncle was like, at some point, you had to start doing stuff on your own. And then uh I was getting uh I had talked to the blend safeties coach and Tyler Junior College safeties coach. And then Tyler's junior college head coach called me and uh he was like, We want you to come play for us. But um, I was talking to Ellsworth and their uh, safeties coach at the time. He was just, like, calling me every day, checking up on me, seeing how I was doing, like, every single day. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like, I was just, like, a son to him. So, like, I was like, man, I'm just going to go to Iowa. Like, I just need to learn how to be more independent, like, go somewhere that nobody don't know me. Like, I just want to be a man. So, like, I went to JUCO, went to JUCO up there in Iowa, in the middle of nowhere, nothing but cornfields around us. <laughs> and then, like, yeah. It was crazy because, like, 45 minutes north of us, it was Iowa State. And then 45 minutes south of us, it was the University of Northern Iowa. Damn. And, like, a, like two hours, so, like, further south, it was, like, the University of Iowa. So, like, I, my friend plays a corner at uh University of Iowa State. So, I go there all the time. He, like, showed me, like, the campuses and stuff. Like, he gave me, like, gear and stuff. Just, just showing me, like, what it takes to be, like, a D1 football player. And, like, just being around those guys and their mentality kind of, like, Help mold me, like motivated me more to like make it out of JUCO. But like while I was in JUCO, like you got to be mentally strong. So like I kind of leaned on God a little bit. Like I, mean, I leaned on God a lot. I ain't gonna lie. Like if it wasn't for God, I would not be here at TCU. Like hey, amen like, to that. You got to speak things into existence too. Like you can't just, you know what I'm saying? They said the Bible says faith without works is dead. So like I kind of spoke it into existence since I was a kid. Like I was telling my mom like. I'm going to TCU. Like, I promise you I'm going to be at TCU. Like, my route my route is a little bit longer than others. Everybody passed different, but I promise you I'm going to TCU. Then my head coach, like, Juco, he was like, you sure you want to go to TCU? Like, you don't want to – because I had, like, this D2 offer. Mm-hmm. And he was like, why you just don't take that? He was like, free school is better than no school. And I was like, nah, man, I'm going to TCU. Like, because I had, like, got an academic scholarship to come here. Yeah. And, like, um, my coach is just like, why are you trying to go to TCU? Like, everybody don't go D1. He said, you just want to go D1 just because you want to go. He's like, he's just basically doubting me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so like, he's putting you down. Not putting you down, but kind of just saying, you know, it's not worth it, this and that. Yeah, so, like, he just, like, trying, I just added fuel to my fire. And then, like, COVID had hit, and our season got put back to the spring. And this was, like, last year in the spring. And uh, I played Juco last spring. And um, I was balling out, like, we only had like eight games. We had a shortened season. And like through the first four or five games, I had like the most tackles. I was like one of the top tacklers in the country in Juco. I had like two picks and I had like like 46 solo tackles. Like I was going crazy. Okay. Okay. I see. I see. And, and then uh, like it was some guys that were in Juco that were seniors and it was like their last year and they had to like transfer to like a university. And like me, I got a big heart. So I was like, man, I'm already balling. Like I got. I got some good film. I'm getting recruited because, like, Texas Tech came to our school, and I talked to their uh, their DB's coach or one of their recruiting no, one of their recruiting coordinators came, and I was talking to them, 
So I was getting recruited by them at the time too. But uh, I just had a guy on my team. He just been through a lot. And I was like, man, I already got a lot of film. Like, like you can play these last two games. Like, but my coach kind of got mad because I kind of told him to go in there. But, like, I just got a big heart. Like, so I just let him go in. And he got a little burned, but, like, he wasn't really as good as I am. Yeah, but no, it's amazing, though, that you at least gave him that opportunity, even though you know that, I mean, ultimately he may never get that opportunity, but still, I mean, that's, I mean, that's amazing, though, because I've never heard anything like that where someone's willingly gave up their spot to help somebody else out, you know what I'm saying? So, that's, I mean, that's that's amazing, though, Dave, and seriously, like, that's, I mean, that, that actually is, like, one of the coolest stories I've heard, so, hey, power to you, seriously, for that. So, like, I just, I just got a big heart, like my mom, like, we always, like, was raised in the church, so, like, I don't know, like, the Bible says, like, doing to others as you wish others were doing to you. And, like, the greatest form in the Bible is love. So, like, you know, God loves us every day. He forgives us every day. So, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just try to show my love in any way I can. And hey, absolutely. I my Jugo team, I ain't going to lie, we weren't that good anyway. So, like, why not? Like, why not give somebody else the opportunity? Like, it's they, probably their last time playing football. So, like, that's how I was looking at it, like. I want to shot to at least get him some film in these last two games so, like, he can at least probably go to, like, an NAIA or, like, a D2, D3 maybe, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. just get some type of film for him. Yeah, so be able to give, yeah, be able to give him an opportunity because, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, like you said, treat others like you want to be treated. And, I mean, obviously, it, I mean, because at the end of the day, that might be his last time ever playing football, and that'll be memories he'll remember for the rest of his life. And, I mean, seriously, I mean, that's just – that's really cool. Though. Like, I've I've genuinely never heard anybody do that especially for you when, you know, you were already getting recruited decently heav heavily by some Power 5 schools and, you know, you willingly gave that up. So, I mean, that's amazing, though, to hear. And, you know, David, for you, too, I also want to ask, you know, about some of your JUCO days, you know. So what were some experiences, like, that you could say that you really realized, like, oh, shoot, this is really my last chance being at JUCO? Like, that kind of made you realize that you had to continue to work hard and continue to pray. And, you know, what were some, of, like, what were some experiences that you still remember to this day that kind of, really made you realize like you had to continue to work hard oh I ain't gonna lie my first year in Duco I got hurt like right before our first game uh my hip popped out of place oh shoot and then, so I didn't have surgery on it and uh I was like devastated I was crying you know you, you get hurt kind of get like down on yourself so I was down on myself you know my mom she was just continuing to pray for me and stuff like that but at the end of the day like in my head like I was like dang like my first season, I got hurt, and I'm all the way up here in Iowa. Like, man, so always like I was just had a negative mentality at the time, like, cause I wasn't as close to God to God as I am now. So I was just like, it's always something. Like every time I start to do good, it's always something. But my mom and my great grandmother, they had called me like on a two way, and she was just my great grandmother. Like she's like really like devoted into God. Like I remember one day, like my nose was bleeding, and my grandmother told me to go to my great grandmother's house. I went there, and she like said a prayer over my nose and it instantly stopped like it instantly stopped bleeding and I was like yeah you can't tell me God ain't real after that like, <laughs> like <laughs> no absolutely yeah, yeah you can't tell me God ain't real like my nose is like like dripping blood and like she told me to lean my head back and she literally said a prayer and it instantly stopped I don't know what she said I never asked her to this day but it instantly stopped and then like after that like I was on the phone when I was at Juco and I was just like in surgery like I just got out of surgery my great grandmother was like you know, like, God does give his toughest battle to his strongest soldier, but also, like, there's a lesson in every storm. So my grandmother used to always tell me we all have to go through a storm to get the sunshine. And it's just adding more to, like, my testimony. So, like, 
once I get through it on the other side, like, I'm gonna be grateful and I'm gonna thank God. So she was like, just thank God right now because you don't know what. She's like, you may not understand now, but later you will. So I was just like, kept that in the back of my mind while I was going through therapy and stuff. And then I got, um, finally got cleared, but then COVID hit. And then I kind of started to get like a little more down, but I kind of kept what she said in the back of my head. Cause I was like, you know, what's God trying to teach me? He's trying to teach me patience, you know, cause things ain't gonna happen overnight. So I just, just I just stayed in the weight room, stayed perfecting my craft and um, just continued to grind. And then um, I applied for TCU early before like I got back into contact with Coach G. I started like applying to TCU early cause COVID hit and I know like, to get accepted it's gonna take a process because they had a lot of guys already like trying to get accepted yeah so like i applied before our spring season started like a month before and uh and a month had went by before our first game and the day before our first game i had called up there like i called the uh the admissions office and the dean answered and i was like uh-oh he's like yeah this is the dean and i was like yeah, i'm just <laughs> i like, I play football at junior college and uh, i'm just trying to see like how my application is going like I know I got to get accepted to get in there and stuff like that and then he was like yeah I'm sorry like uh it's a lot of people that's trying to get accepted right now but I'll personally review yours right now and he reviewed it and then like I hung up and then like two minutes later I got like an email like with fireworks and stuff and they were like congratulations you got accepted like when I was in JUCO like I took academics like serious because you know like how I said like in high school, my academics weren't that good. Yeah, yeah. But like in JUCO, like I took it serious and I got in the honor society. I had like a 3.5 or 3.6 GPA. Like I was just made sure like that was not, like there was no excuse why a coach couldn't offer me. You know what I'm saying? So like I just made sure like I was on top of my P's and Q's like academically and football-wise. So, and I mean, yeah. hey, it, it all paid off. I mean, obviously you got accepted into TCU, which is one of the best schools in Texas, especially. So, so, you know, when you did get that email that you had gotten, gotten accepted into TCU and you also were going to be able to play football, you know, how did, how did you react personally? Like, how did that feel that you were able to achieve that dream that you had for so long? I ain't gonna lie. I was, uh, I started, I cried. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't cried in like in a while, but like when I graduated high school, last time I cried was when I graduated high school, like 2018 and my grandmother had a stroke. So I took a semester of school off. A lot of people don't know this, but I took a semester of school off to help her because my family, like, they all have kids. And uh, her kids, like, they were trying to figure out ways. Like, they didn't want to put her in a nursing home because, like, a lot of people that get put in a nursing home, they get treated horribly. Yeah, so we didn't, really wanna, we didn't really want to put her in a nursing home until we found, like, a good one mm-hmm. for her, like, or, like, a a caregiver that can, like, take care of her, like, throughout the day. And then at nighttime, like, we'll have, like, a family member, like, switch days. Each family member have a day during the week. So, like, we, um, like, I took a semester off to help take care of her. But, like, the first person I called was my grandmother, and I told her she was crying, and I called my mom. Because, like, like I said, T's, you've been my dream school since I was a kid. And, like, that was just the beginning, and I just added more fuel to my fire because, like, right before, our, the day before our first game. So, like, I was already pumped. And then um, I had got accepted, and then once I got accepted, I bought out during the season, and then uh, I got to TCU. Then I met uh, this guy named Josh Foster. I'm not sure if you know him, but he's number 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, like, my best friend on the team. Like, me and him, we clicked instantly. And, like, he just, like, basically, like, kind of took me in as, like, a little brother because I was new to TCU. And uh, once I got here, like, everything, like, God just took control. So, like, I feel like if I ain't have – I know if I didn't have, like, put God first in everything that I did, even though, like – 
I had the best relationship with him. Like when I was growing up, like my mom made me go to church, but as you get older, you have to like find your own relationship with God. Like you can't make that excuse no more of like, yeah, my parents didn't make me go to church or I believe. Cause I had to learn like believing ain't enough. Like you have to have like a every day to day relationship with God. So like me just like leaning on God and like trusting in his plan more than my own was like the sole purpose of why I'm here actually. Hey, I agree with you 100%. And, you know, like you talked about, obviously, you know, the, the whole like whole process you had to go through just to get up to this point, you know, going all the way to JUCO up in Iowa, battling all that out. And then finally, you know, God gave you your opportunity and you took complete advantage of it. And now you're down here in Fort Worth. And, and I got to ask you, too, you know, what was what were some of your first impressions being on campus and going through the facilities and everything like that when you first did get to TCU? Oh, they didn't feel real. <laughs> It, it didn't hit me until we actually ran out the tunnel when Coach P was here. We, I think our first game was against Duquesne last year. We played Duquesne last year. And, like, it didn't hit me until, like, we are in warm-ups and then we had ran out the tunnel with all of the, like, smoke and stuff and the fans just going crazy. I was like, man, I'm really a D1 athlete. It's crazy. Like, I was like – and I'm in my dream school, too. Like, I really spoke it into existence. That's why, like, they say, like, positive – like you speak positivity, like it's going to eventually happen. Like you got to speak it into existence. You know what I'm saying? You can't be negative. So like me, like I always try to be positive and try to like, even when things don't go my way, I always just ask God like, well, listen, are you trying to teach me? You know what I'm saying? So like just being here and like putting on the uniform, like my first time, like putting on the helmet and stuff, like it feel real. It felt like I was like in a dream. But like, I just thank God every day for it. Like my mom called me the other day, actually, she was crying. She was like, D, like, you really at your dream school. Like, you really spoke it into existence. Like, she said, you could have been anything else. You couldn't have been another statistic. You could have been incarcerated. You couldn't be the drug dealer. Like, you could have been, like, dead, but you stayed the course. Like, you know what I'm saying? You didn't let outside distractions really get to you. Even though your path was longer than others, like, God kept his hand on you. So she was, like, she was proud of me, and she was crying and stuff. No, nah, that's that's amazing. I'm glad that your family, like you were able to at least, you know, achieve the dream that, you know, a lot of people thought you never would be able to. And then, you know, now that you're able to, you know, kind of give back to your family for all the times they were there for you. I mean, that, that's amazing, though. And, you know, another thing I want to also ask you, too, is you talked a little bit about the Duquesne game last year. But for you personally, you know, you know, running out of the tunnel with all the smoke, the fans in the stands, everything like that, you know, under the lights at the Carter, you know, how did that feel for you and kind of the relief that came with doing that? Oh, man, it just felt like it ain't really feel real. Like I said, like, just running out and then, like, being on the sideline with Coach P. Like, I heard a lot of stories about Coach P. And, like, I was like, man, I just always wanted to play for that guy. Hey, he can like, sweat, man. He he can sweat. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like, and, like, before I got here, like, I used to always watch highlights of TCU, like, all the time, like, dating back to LT and Andy Dalton and, like, Trayvon Boykin and all of them, like, just made me want to come here even more. And then, like, they, like, worked their way up to the Big 12 because, like, I think they were, like, in the WAC at first, for, like, the WAC conference. Then they were, like, in the Mountain West. Yes, sir. And, hey, like, you know your TCU history. I'll give you that. You do. You definitely do. <laughs> I'll tell you. It was my dream school growing up. Hey, you know, that's then cool, they, like, Then they worked their way up to the Big 12. And, like, we stayed down until we came up. It's, you know, it's sad to see Coach P going. I only got to play with him, like, for a semester. But, like, being here, like, now, like, Coach Dyson, them, like, the culture has changed. Like, now we, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we winning right now, and we, like, rank number 17 in the country. Hey, so, like. Hey, let the boys our... know. Let them, hey, let them know. Tell them. Hey, I told everybody. They didn't believe me at first beginning of the season when I said Coach Dykes has changed his program. Because, I mean, I won't lie to you at first. 
And this is just from an outside point looking in. Obviously, you being an athlete under Coach Dykes is a little bit different. But for me personally, I was kind of questioning. I'm like, why couldn't we go with this coach, that coach, you know, somewhat somebody else, right? But, yeah. you know, now that, you know, finally, you know, we've seen a lot of what Coach Dykes does, his coaching staff as well, because, man, they are phenomenal. I don't think he gets enough credit for the coaching staff he brought over with them. And, mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to talk about that a little bit, too, because you're with them every single day. So, if you don't mind, just talk to us a little bit about Coach Dykes and this new coaching staff that he brought over to TCU. Oh, Coach Dykes is a man of God. So, like, you know, me me, me being a man of God, like, we, me and him connected instantly. Like, like you know, I'm kind of like – I don't really like to say this because I like to give all the glory to God. But, like, you know, I kind of, like, have, like – people like to say I'm TikTok famous. I got like <laughs> we were about to talk about that a little bit later on. I got but... like <laughs> yeah, I got, I got like 196k on there, almost 200k, and like uh, I don't know, like everybody know me from TikTok, literally everybody. Like I always want to tell myself, like I don't want to be known just as a football player, you know, because I feel like when people just see you as a football player, like they kind of ignore you as a person. Like yeah, we're yeah. still young, we still young men at the end of the day, and I want to be known as a man of God, not just a football. It's great to be a football player. Don't get me wrong, it's a blessing, but like. Coach Dice is a man of God. He, when he first got here, he emphasized that, like, I'm having faith and stuff. And then, like, Coach Kaz, like, he's, like, Coach Dice, like, right-hand man. He's our strength conditioning coach. And, uh, man, he got us right. Like, from the first day he came in, he told us that you better believe in something. He don't care what you believe in. If you're not a Christian, you don't believe in God, you better believe in something. He's, like, you know, basically, he said, if you don't believe in nothing, like, kind of, like, lost soul. Like, you got to believe in something. You know what I'm saying? You got to look forward to something. No, I agree. Yeah, but, like, absolutely. Uh, Coach Dice is being a man of God, like he kind of leaned on all of us, and we all like go to chapel on Sundays when we have time, and you know just always pray together, and we always kept God first. And like you'll see, like before our games when everyone runs out, you'll see God like most of our team on our knees, and we pray before every game together. We pray when we get out there by ourselves as well. Like we all lean on God, and uh, as far as the coaching stuff, the guys that he brought over, like they really like. Like, no disrespect to the old coaching staff, but, like, the new coaching staff, like, when they got here, they emphasized on getting to know us, like, as as person, like, each and every individual, from walk-ons to scholarship players, like, everybody has a voice. Like, nobody is greater than the team, so they treat everyone the same. They don't really single anyone out, like, and they um they got to know you personally. Coach Dice had, like, a talk with almost everybody on the team, and uh, even your position coach, like, he, they all, like, wanted to know everyone's story and, like, your background and how you got here to TCU. And um, they just want to make sure that everybody, like, has a voice and nobody feels left out or, like, nobody nobody feels like like they're, like, a nobody on the team. Like, everybody feels like there's somebody and everybody has a contribution to the team, whether you play or not. Like, you have a voice. So, like, that's one of the things that I really liked about Coach Dykes. And um, as far as, like, the other coaches, like Coach G, you know, he's been here with the old coaching staff, but, like, Man, I love Coach G, man. I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. I no, love the, I love how he's revamped his TCU defense. And I know, yeah. obviously, like I want to focus more outside of just only football, but yeah. when we look at it from a football standpoint. What he's been able to do for this TCU defense, which I think was like, I think damn, sorry, I think it was like dang, yeah, you're dude, fine. It was dang near bottom, like bottom in the Big Twelve last year, one of the worst in college football last year. To now, mm-hmm. when he's pretty much made it the best in the Big Twelve, and yes, I said the best in the Big Twelve. And think you're one of the best in the country. I mean, we just can't like you know underestimate it because I don't think y'all are truly getting the recognition y'all deserve. Like, and I mean, yeah, I might be a little biased as a TCU guy, but at the same time, I mean, seriously, the, the complete 360 that Dykes has done for this program, I mean, it just it needs to be talked about more. 
Yeah, like Coach G and uh Coach G, it's two Coach Gs. It's Coach Gillespie, and then it's Coach uh DR Safety's coach. So like the safe the Coach DR Safety's coach, which one I'm talking about, he um he sent many guys to the league, but like when Coach Gillespie came in, he came in from Tulsa and like he changed our defense around. Like we run like a three three five. And um we had the same, mostly the same back end from last year. We just added a new piece, Mark Perry. He came from Colorado. But as far as the other guys, everybody else, like, is, uh, came from last year, same guys from last year. And um, we turned the program program around a lot. Like, Coach G, one of the things he emphasized this year was, like, getting to know each and every player, like, their stories individually. And, like, he actually cares about everyone. From walk, like I said, from walk-ons to scholarship players, like, he doesn't make anyone feel like they're not less deserved, like, Everyone gets a chance to play and practice. Like, you get a chance to prove yourself every practice. Like, you know what I'm saying? And then um, as far as Coach Gillespie, like, man, he loves each and every person. He talks to everybody. He shows up with a great spirit, and he makes sure that we play fast and physical. Like, that's our motto. Like, we start fast. So, like, we come out flying to the ball and busting heads, catch the ball in there, we go get it. Like, playing fast and physical. That's our defensive motto. Hey, absolutely, absolutely, and I know definitely they've you know, and also Coach Ka- uh, Coach Kaz, Coach Kaz, Coach Kaz. I've always I've <laughs> no, always mixed fine. messed it up a little bit, but <laughs> I mean he's I mean he's in my opinion he's the best strength and conditioning coach. I mean just all around in all of college football. I mean oh, what he's yeah, been able to do down. for y'all. I mean you could talk about him a little bit, but I mean just looking from the outside in, I mean, I mean y'all just look so much more tough this year. You know what I'm saying a lot more healthy too. You know what I mean. Mm. And, I mean, I hope it continues to stay that way. Obviously, I don't want to jinx it, but definitely, you know, health-wise, we seem to be a lot more, like, steady, so to speak, than it was last season where it kind of seemed to be off and on. So, if you don't mind, talk a little bit about about how Coach Ka- uh, Coach Kaz has been so far. Oh, hands down, we have the best strength and conditioning, like, staff in the country. Like, from our nutrition people to Coach Kaz and his staff, Coach RJ, Coach Bolt, TV, Dave, all of them boys, Manny, uh, just all of them boys, some guys I ain't mentioned, but – um. Like, from day one, like, what we did, like, we had this thing called Zurcher Squads, and, like, they <laughs> they tough, but I ain't going to lie. Like, they got us right in the summer. Like, this summer, like, they emphasized on us, like, staying stable and staying healthy. That's, like, that's why you see, like, the difference. Like, if you go back and watch the call, uh, Oklahoma game, you see yeah. a lot of those guys just, like, going down. Like, they were just getting hurt, like, almost every play. And, like, you can see, like, how much stamina our guys have. Like, no, like nobody on our team is, like, really getting hurt. Nobody on our team is, like, out of breath, like, everybody's, like, has a lot of stamina. And, like, Coach Kaz makes sure, like, we're all on time. They treat, like I said, they treat everybody the same. They make sure we're big on nutrition. They make sure we eat. And, like, everybody has a certain weight that they have to maintain. And if you drop too low below, too low below that weight or if you drop, like, if you gain too much over that weight, he'll uh, he'll check, like, you got to check yourself. But, like, every day we got to weigh in and you got to weigh out. Like, you have to make your weight. So, like, they're making sure that we eat. That's like one of the biggest things Coach RJ will tell you. Like, like when we walk in, like the first thing they scream is nutrition. Like they making sure you eat. Like all throughout practice, we have to eat. Like, like, uh, like during practice we have this thing called halftime. Like at halftime they have like snacks for us, like applesauce, Gatorades, like little fruit snacks and stuff. Just making sure we eat, making sure we stretch. We gotta take like everybody has to take a cold tub. Like getting a cold tub. Everybody has to go to the trainer. Like just to keep everybody healthy. Like they making sure like we get right and like they have a list so like if you try to sneak out of it you ain't gonna get out of it whether you go home or not they're gonna make sure you come back so like <laughs> you're gonna pay <laughs> you gonna you, you gonna pay the you, you can't get out of it like you're gonna pay the price like if you don't pay the price the whole team gonna pay the price and you rather 
go do it and get it out of the way with them instead of having to deal with your teammates because you got to deal with your teammates Ooh. in the locker room. So, oh, yeah, no, that I didn't well, they mean, make sure they make sure like we all keep everybody accountable, like I said, from walk ons to, to star players. Absolutely. Now, I also want to talk to you a little bit about the locker room energy because you know. You know, Bud Clark and a couple of other guys are starting to become a little uh, famous for the dance moves. So if you don't mind, talk to us a little bit about, you know, just, you know, kind of, you know, the new energy that comes with obviously the new coaching staff. But, you know, the locker room energy, because that's the most important part of being a team. And I mean, mm. y'all definitely seem to be clicking a lot more this year, too. So if you don't mind, talk a little bit about kind of the chemistry y'all all have together. I would say um, it starts off with Dave and uh, Coach Kaz. Go back to Coach Kaz. He, uh. They let us listen to the music we want to listen to at practice. Like when cause no disrespect to Coach P, but like we had to listen to his music. And like you, you yeah. don't really get you, you don't really yeah. get you pumped listening to that music. So like when we get to listen to our own music, like it gets us pumped. They actually put like new speakers in there. They put like an iPad in there, TVs and stuff. So like we go watch the games. Like they got these like big speakers around the locker room that we can listen to our own music. And uh as far as Bud, <laughs> Bud's like my guy, like he's in the safety room with me. So like Bud's uh, the clown he's always a happy guy like he's always dancing so like they'll put the music on and buddy just he's from louisiana so like you know they like to jig and bop and stuff like oh, that yeah, so, like, yeah. he, go, he go crazy every single time so like just being around that guy when the music come on buddy just get in the middle of the floor and just start <laughs> going crazy no kid okay everybody just start surrounding him and joining in so like just being around Bud, like it'll it'll get you hype. And like people that are like new to the team that are quiet, like freshmen, like no one makes them feel left out. Like there'll be like older guys that go sit by them and talk to them. And like when we dancing, like we'll like push the freshmen in and make them dance. Like we make everybody feel at home. We try to make no one feel left out. You know what I'm saying? No yeah. one bigger than the team. Hey, absolutely. And I love to hear that. And obviously, y'all definitely have done that as y'all currently right now are four and oh. You're going into going into a huge matchup against Kansas this weekend. But, you know, before we do talk a little bit about the the Kansas game coming up uh, tomorrow, actually, why don't you talk mm -hmm. to us a little bit about, you know, the kind of the surprise game of last week. Y'all just absolutely derailing Oklahoma. Um, As far as the Oklahoma game, we just take every game the same. Like, we don't treat nobody better than uh, the Knicks. Like, from um from Colorado, from our first game all the way to the last, like, we going with the same mentality work hard and do your job like Coach Dykes tells us every single day. Just do your job and we're going to uh, handle the risk and trust your teammates. So, like, we went in there with the same mentality. We worked hard and uh, as soon as we got on the field, like I said, we start fast and physical. So, we wanted to come out there and start fast and that's what we did. We started off fast and Max came out there and he led us and he did his thing and um, the results spoke for itself. That's what we plan to do and doing on every week. Like, we still have some things that we need to improve on Absolutely. That we kind of tweaked up a little bit, but we're gonna get we already got that fixed. So just waiting on uh this week for tomorrow. Now, now you know I gotta ask you this since tomorrow's gonna be a pretty big day for y'all, and obviously for you, David, you know, growing up a TCU fan, you know, y'all yeah. are gonna be on ESPN college game day, you know, tomorrow <laughs> against Kansas. You know, kind of how are you feeling personally about you know really being on the big stage? Obviously, it's gonna be you know, the game will be on FS1, but you know, just mm -hmm. the fact that like this atmosphere is probably the biggest it'll ever be in Kansas. You know, how mm -hmm. are you kind of feeling going into this game this weekend? Uh, one thing Coach Dykes uh, emphasized is like uh, not to fall into the hype. Like they kind of put like uh, Kool Aid packages on our thing, and they put like a little note on there that says uh, "Don't drink the Kool Aid," basically telling us like don't fall into all that social media hype because like the same guys that were 
doubting us and saying like we were trash last year, the same guys that are praising us. You know what I'm saying? So like I agree. we come in with the same mentality. Like, like I said, we doing our job and like as far as the college game day, like it's a blessing to be on there. But like we're not really too much focused on that. Like we just focus on on getting this dub and doing our job. So like we're not trying to like emphasize anything. Like it's a blessing to be on college game day and for us to be ranked. But you know, our ultimate goal is to win that Big 12 championship and go even further. So that's what we focused on right now. But one we focus on like one game at a time. Like we ain't a circle at nobody bigger than the Knicks. Like one game at a time. And right now it's Kansas. Absolutely. And you know, I'm super excited to see what y'all continue to do this season. I mean I, just, I mean, I won't – unfortunately, I won't be there this weekend, but I'll definitely be there for the next few. Obviously, I'll have Oklahoma State next week too. But, you know, main focus right now is being able to go up to Lawrence and then beat the Jayhawks. But, you know, for you, Davian, you know, the rest of your season, you know, the rest of your career at, at TCU, you know, I'm super excited to see what you do. And, you know, I just have a few more questions for you before we do start to wrap things up. And the first one I want to ask, actually ask you is, is, you know, whether it's past, present, college football or NFL – what player do you feel like your play style resembles the most and why? I would say my favorite player is Sean Taylor. So, like, I'm a hitter. I like to hit. I can cover as well. But, like, I say my game resembles a Sean Taylor. Like, I've been watching Sean Taylor since I was a kid. Like, God rest his soul. That's like, why I say. Guy. Rest in peace. To, yeah, no, definitely. But so so you kind of have – so you kind of bring the same kind of physicality as Sean Taylor did, that mindset? Yes, sir. Hey, I say, I'm telling you, I was one of that. He easily would have been probably the greatest safety of all time. No disrespect to Ed Reed and all them other guys, but if Sean Taylor, you know, if you know, unfortunately he didn't have, if he wasn't tragically killed, he definitely would have easily have been probably the best safety of all time. But um, the next question I have for you, Damian, and just kind of one of the final ones to wrap things up is, and it's going to be the most important one. So I'm telling you, you can't mess this one up. Uh, you know, right before yes. game time, right before y'all about to run out of the tunnel and get on mm -hmm. the field. But while you're sitting in your locker or, you know, while all y'all are just dancing around, whatever you got, you know, while you got your headphones on, your AirPods in, whatever, what is your go-to pregame hype song and why? I ain't going to lie. What I do, I pray, but my pregame hype song is, like, totally different from everybody else. But I listen to, like, calming sounds. Like, I listen to, like, some, like, like some peaceful sounds, like it might sound weird, but like I just no, listen. Hey, to absolutely, I listen to everybody's pregame thing is different, but like I listen to like some wind blowing, and like I'll just be praying. Like I turn the volume all the way up to like tune everybody out, but like I'll just be listening to the wind, and I'm just praying to God and thanking Him. Like every day, like just being here and putting on that uniform is a blessing. Like so, like I always say, like we got this thing called AO One and this audience of one, which is God. So, like, I always put God first in everything that I do. And I just try to, like, just praise him and give him all the glory because we would not be here, like, 4-0 where we're at right now without God. And also, like, you know, I listen to my little praise uh, songs, but I also listen to, like, it's a song by Lil Baby and it's uh, this uh, pastor named Kirk Franklin. It's called We Win. Mm -hmm. And I listen to that song every single – before, like, every game because, like, you know what I'm saying? It's like a pregame routine and uh, we've been winning, so, like, Gotta keep, keep doing, doing it. it. I was about yeah. to say, you gotta keep doing it. No, Can't just, no, no. Hey, I was, <laughs> I was about to say, so would you say you're kind of the superstitious type, or you know, how, how are you kind of feeling about that? Uh, I'm not trying to really switch nothing. No, I'm gonna keep doing it. It's been working, so I'm gonna just keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I got you absolutely. Oh, yeah. Davian, seriously, thank you for coming on today, my guy. I mean, I've absolutely enjoyed today doing this interview with you. And, you know, for everybody out there that wants to go show my guy Davian some love, he's an amazing person. He's he, he definitely has helped me with my faith as well. 
and you know i'll make sure to leave all of his links socials whatever you've got i'll leave it all down below in the description of today's episode davian seriously man thank you for coming on today i look forward to watching our boys tomorrow taking on kansas and i'll definitely make sure to go show you some love and continue to continue to cheer y'all boys on the rest of the year yes sir i appreciate you for having me